Okay, well, welcome back to the Home Sweet Home podcast with Marissa. I'm your host, Marissa O'Connor, with Keller Williams and the Charlotte Cole Group, and today I have Charlotte Cole. Yay! Yay. <laughs> hey, Charlotte, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. I'm glad you're here too. And the best part about us recording this is that you are just one room over because I'm still figuring out how the uh, the podcast situation works and recording and using multiple mics. So thank you for your patience. Absolutely. And I just know that you're just an arm's reach away if I really need you. So it feels really yes. good to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so today on, on the episode, I... I'm in chapter two of your first home, and it's all about selecting your real estate agent. So I thought, what better guest to have than our main agent on our team right now, our our rainmaker, our lead agent, our awesome, I don't know, I say our, it's me and you right now, but... <laughs> Sometimes I, I'm a lot to handle, so I feel like you do a great job. And I wanted to bring you on and just ask you first, how did you get started in real estate? How did I get started in real estate? Well, I started back in 2014, um, unlicensed um, mm-hmm. with a team, and uh, was able to get licensed very quickly once I was with them. Um, and then once I did that, um, so I started in February by August, I was licensed and, um, stayed as an assistant licensed assistant for two years, um, learning everything, just shadowing, chomping through everything, writing all the contracts and, um, going to all the listings and staging and photos and all the stuff that you do, um, just gaining the knowledge. And then about um, two years later, in 2017, April of 2017, um, I became buyer's agent. So uh, for a short period, I kind of did both, worked both um, assistant and buyer's agent until we got the fabulous Tracy in, and she took up, um, took off running and helped us, and I was able to just focus on buyer's agent. Did that for five years, and... Um, during that time, I got to bring you in, Marissa, and uh, I was very <laughs> pleased to do that uh, so that you could help me with, you know, marketing and just different things with your experience. And it was, it's been great. Um, and then in 2021, at the end of the year, I decided to go out on my own. So 2022, January, the Charlotte Cole Group was birth. Yay. And so we've been, uh, it's almost, uh, it's in a year and a half we're in now together and it's been really fun so far and I've been enjoying learning and doing all the things with you. So everything licensed. Yes, I am licensed and I feel, yep. So it's a great way to learn is by, you know, being alongside a team an agent, but we have such a great office here. I always feel like you you don't have to be a part of a team. Uh, to be successful, we have great support here. That's one of the things I really enjoy about our workplace environment. And yes. um, so everything I'm hearing, you know, I know this, but you have a lot of experience. You've done, you've got a good, um, I remember when I was first helping you, you had just celebrated 100 
transactions. So yes, that was exciting. Right. So I feel like now we might be, you might be around 140 transactions. So you've seen a lot of stuff and the things that talk about in this chapter of your first home is, you know, educating people who've never bought a home and what Mm -hmm. their realtor can do for them. And some of the things that had highlighted in the chapter was, you know, negotiating on your behalf educating the buyer obviously and keeping calm when situations can be stressful <clears throat> and i've seen you do that time and time again and um <laughs> because when people are buying homes it's really like you're doing it with your head but also your heart like do you do you see that a lot with your clients Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's one of the biggest decisions that people make is buying a home and selling a home. So uh, you have to kind of keep the level head and walk them through it. Right. And a good agent will help you do that all the time because they're seasoned and that, you know, they're not, they're invested in it with you, but they're coming from a more logical standpoint, hopefully. And yes. um, some other things I was talking about in the chapter was, how uh, agents bring along a team of people that can help you through the transaction. So can you tell us about a couple of your trusted team members that you rely on? I have several that I rely on. Um, I have a fantastic inspector um, who has a great team, not only the owner, but his team, any of them do a great job. I feel confident that if I have a buyer using them, that they're going to make sure that they know everything that they need to know about the home um, and then explain if it's a safety need or if it's something that's just cosmetic and something that they can take care of. So great inspector uh, with Check It Out Inspections. And then um, I also have great title company, lenders, um, roofers, all sorts, uh, you know, construction, if someone has decided to stay in their home um, Mm. and not sell yet or remodel something so that they can sell and get a higher price. You know, we have construction people too as well. So um, just all all walks. Yes, Mm -hmm. and I I personally really enjoy everyone that we partner with as well. I know that, and I'm glad you mentioned this, if they decide to stay in their home instead of sell – Um, our fiduciary duty was also brought up in this chapter talking about how in situations where it may not be a a good move for a person to purchase this home because it's going to put them in a bad situation later how we're always putting the client first before commission and I know that the people that we work with and partner with feel the same way um yeah have you had I talked a lot of people out of moving because it was like it didn't it didn't make sense for them to, you know, where are you going to move and then you're going to go to rent and, you know, you're going to take your profit and spend it on the rent versus, you know, so depending on the situation, um, you know, I talked to a lot of people, talked them through it and they made the best decision, which was to stay in their home. Right. And when you're helping new home buyers, are there ways where you feel like sometimes you have to give like what not rein them in but like give them all the information do you know can you think of a time when maybe that was applicable to a new home buyer situation so someone wanting to buy the home and then couldn't is that what you're saying right Um, or like it just wasn't going to be a good decision for them in the long run 
Yeah. Um, I mean, we've had buyers that, you know, it, it just financially, they may could, you know, maybe the lender says that they can afford 300000 Um but it doesn't mean that they need to spend 300000 because their budget and the way their lifestyle is and things like that, they may only need to spend 225 or 250 to allow them some leeway. Um, also, depending on the property taxes and insurance and things like that, mm-hmm. it adjusts what the value of the home that they can purchase because if you're in a low tax rate of like 1.9 and that's $300,000 home versus a 3.2 tax rate that can make a big difference on their rate. So it's just educating them. Right. Well, that is a great point too. So could you explain a little bit to me how, I mean, I know, but for the podcast sake, when someone comes to you um, and they're like, okay, I'm ready to buy a home. What are some of the steps that you take them through Um, just like the sky view, you don't have to get into detail because that's what this whole podcast is about, but what are the steps that you take into helping them become homeowners? Okay. Well, first of all, they need to know that they're working with a trusted agent and sign an agreement with an agent to make sure that they can get all the information that is needed for that situation. Um, without signing an agreement with an agent, the agent can't give them all the details or if a listing agent says something, um, your fiduciary is to the seller at that point. So Mm. first off, getting the buyer representation to make sure that you can have that uh, fiduciary right to your client. Um, Then from there, just explaining the process. What's due up front, like money-wise? Option period and earnest money. Um, and then if, um, once you're going through the process timelines, um, we're going to hit this timeline. Once we get through our option period, the next thing is maybe survey appraisal. Um, what's next and when is money due? How much closing costs do they need? Absolutely. They need to talk to their lender, but we can give them some rough estimates, um, you know, on, closing cost and then down payment and that type of thing. So working well with a good lender, making Mm. sure that they understand that process at the same time that they're going through the contract. So just knowing their time periods, I think, um, what is an option period? What do I do during the option period? (laughs) Right. You know, do I get my money back if I back out? You know, all those types of questions that you want to educate them on. And so from then on, when someone first talks to you, they might feel a little overwhelmed. Like there's just a lot to know from the beginning. But the great thing is that they have you by their side the whole time once they sign that agreement to walk them through every step of the way to make sure that they have full and clear understanding of what it's going to take for the both of you to work together to get them into a home. And in Chapter 2, I wanted to lead into this because – These are, if you are looking for an agent right now, um, these are important questions to ask your agent. So I'm on page 66 of this, your first home book, and it says, number one, why did you become a real estate agent? It's important to know what's going on. What what are people's why? What is their purpose? You want to make sure you're not working with a fly-by-night realtor. Um, Two, why should I work with you? Just be upfront about it. Why do you think that, you know, We should be working together to find a house. What do you do better than other real estate agents? Uh, What process will you use to help me find the right home for my particular wants and needs? 
what are the most common things that go wrong in a transaction and how would you handle them? And I personally want to circle back to this question with you, Sharla, because I, I know that you have some good stories about this and how you've overcome them. Uh, number six, what are some of the mistakes that you think people make when buying their first home? Number seven, what other professionals may we work with and what are their roles? Talking about the team members of who's going to be alongside you, like Charlotte mentioned, your lender, your title, your inspector. Uh, and number eight, can you provide me with references or testimonials from past clients? I believe that's probably of all the questions you could ask your realtor, that's probably the most important one because um, testimonials and reviews from people who went through the whole experience with your with that realtor is going to tell you the kind of job they do. Right. So circling back, Sharla, number five, what are the most common things that go wrong in a transaction and how would you handle them? Oh, goodness. Most common. Um, people get overwhelmed with inspection reports. I was going to say, say probably the, the option period where you get an inspection done. Right. So it's just walking them through, um, you know, the seller is not obligated to do any repairs unless it's a, a loan condition. Um, however, if they want to get their home sold, they're going to most likely work with you on something that, you know, is of concern. Uh, because if not, then they have to put the home back on the market and they have to disclose what the issues were. So, um, but it's just knowing, knowing what to ask for as far as, you know, when you're looking at an inspection, you're mainly looking for, is it electrical, plumbing, roof, you know, those types of things. Is it something major that's, that's the, not just a cosmetic, um, something that the inspector has to notate. Um, so you're looking at those types of things, um, walking people through that. I think that's one of the the biggest challenges and helping them understand. But there again, if you're on the buyer side and you work with a great inspector that can lay it out in layman's terms and not have, you know, all these other terms that don't make sense, then that is to your benefit. Absolutely. I mean, I remember when I first started helping you with marketing and I was helping you with your emails, um, you were like, Hey, open up this inspection report. It, it just came through. I opened it up and I was like, Oh my gosh, there's so much wrong with this home. And you're like, what? And you like looked at it and you're like, no, no, it's fine. It was just, <laughs> the inspector's just thorough. It's their job to point out everything. And like you're saying, some things are cosmetic and some things are the more big tick, big ticket items that would affect, you know, you purchasing that home. So I remember as an outside observer being like, oh my gosh, there's so much wrong. And you were like, no, it's fine. There's, this is okay. <laughs> and it ended yeah. up being okay. And the transaction went through, but yeah, just educating people on what may seem like a lot, which is really not. Right. Mostly. There's a lot of common things that we see on all inspection reports. So, um, knowing the difference of what, um, something is and if it needs to be looked into further by because an inspector they do like a primary care doctor they do the mm -hmm. overview and then if there's something say wrong with the ac or the roof then you have a specialist come in and take a look at it and and diagnose what the true problem is and go from there so um you know just knowing when to call someone in too right i'm looking forward to having i hope chris will be able to join 
uh, on an episode of the podcast because he is the inspector that would check it out in inspections and he is a great wealth of knowledge. I know that he's going to bring a lot and I'm, I'm looking forward to learning more from him too. Um, another question on here was what are some of the mistakes that you think people make when buying their first home? Um, Sharla, what do you think are some mistakes people make when buying their first home? Hmm. Well, um, I think that maybe it's, you know, they get excited about the whole process and go in and they overbuy for what they mm-hmm. need. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking it back and making sure that they're getting what's in their budget, but then also what their needs are if they have four kids and you don't want a two bedroom house. I mean, you know, <laughs> but you're going to have to find something that you, you know, so in, in real estate, you have three things. You have the condition, the mm-hmm. price and the location. And so it's important to tell people, you know, you can either pick the condition and price or you can pick in, in not the location. You may have to drive a little bit further to get what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, or you can pick the location and the price, but you may not be able to pick the condition of it and you may have to do some fixing up to the location and price that you have. So, um, I think that might be something that people run into as they get, I need to be close to mom or I need to do this and I need to do that, but they're not at that budget where mom and dad live yet. And so, and that's okay. They kind of, yes, absolutely. And that's in, and I think a lot of what I have witnessed is you helping people remind them what their goals are, you know, through it all. Because like we've said a couple of times already, it's overwhelming. You could have, you know, dreams, your dream home most likely won't be your first home purchase. Um, And that's okay because the sooner you become a homeowner, the sooner you're closer to that dream home by building the equity that we talked about in the last episode um and reminding people about that and reminding them about all the great things that come along with being a homeowner rather than just you know it's not the perfect home you had in mind well let's think about these other things you have and list the pros as well as the cons and helping them make that decision for themselves so when we go look at a house we also like to um you say we have four homes that we're going to look at you see house number one, that's number one. And then mm-hmm. house number two, okay, is it ranked number one now or is number one still number one? And you can <laughs> kind of weed them out that way. So um, also it's great to have a five must-have list. So mm-hmm. if it's a husband and wife, the husband and then the wife does their five must-haves and then you bring it together and then figure out together what the real must-haves are. Because you hear people, oh, I have to have a pool. And then they find the perfect home without the pool. Well, can you put a pool in? Yeah. You know, so um, if it has to have a fireplace and it doesn't have a fireplace, it might be a little bit more difficult to put a fireplace in. So um, unless you get a little electric one. Um, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it depends on what your absolute must-haves are. And is it something that can be adjusted if everything else is good? Because if you find a home that's about 80% of what you want, it's a perfect home. Right. The home that you own, you make your own, and it's the perfect home. It's, yeah. You have to make some compromises on stuff, but that's okay. 
And I was only laughing while you were talking about the must-haves because we did that same exercise when you were my realtor and me and my husband were searching for our home. Uh, She had us do that exercise, and we separately had a five must-have list and then came together, and I I think maybe just one one thing from each of our lists matched. (laughs) So... Being on the same page is such an important thing. Um, whether you're purchasing a home with a partner or by yourself, just being on the same page with your realtor and communicating with them so Absolutely. you know that you're both working towards the same goal, which is getting you into a home. But if your preferences change, be honest, be open. It's not going to upset your realtor. They want to help you. And that, remember, they're the logical one. They're the, they're coming from the logical standpoint, and they want to get you in a home, whatever home you want that to be. It's not up to them. Right. right. And I'm just having so much fun. Thanks for doing this with me. This is exciting. <laughs> it's fun, huh? It is. Um, are there any other questions that I had, like, brought up that you maybe wanted to take a crack at? Um trying to remember them i don't have the book in front of me no you're good um do you want to talk about why you became a real estate agent i became a real estate agent um because of several reasons i love people i love helping people um i wanted to um be able to help my family and uh, help support or do extracurricular activities. I have a husband who was working and supporting our family, but you know, just where I was at um, at my current job that I had, it wasn't um, anything that was a long term. Mm-hmm. I could build a career at. So um, becoming a real estate agent, it's no limits. It's you know this. The sky is the ceiling, and or there is no ceiling. Um, <laughs> the sky so, is the limit. <laughs> yes, the sky is the limit. And so... Uh, mm, yes, very true. Um, professionalism is something else that's talked about in this chapter. The quality that matters above all else. Um, what ways... Hmm, this is probably not a good question. I can, I'm going to edit that out. I don't like that. We talked about good agents putting their clients first and their paycheck second. Um, The rest of this chapter, it does bring up the buyer representation agreement, which we talked about too. And... I don't know. I think that pretty much covers everything that was in this chapter. And I really enjoy talking with you about being an agent and I can, you know, testimonials. I can personally say that Charla goes above and beyond for her clients because I witness every transaction that happens and she, she really cares about everyone that she's working with. And, um, and that's, we always say our, our business model, Charla's business model is God family business. And it has, is served us well. And, just like before this podcast started, we started with a prayer because we're doing it for him and we hope that we're bringing Christ to others, even if we're not specifically speaking, um, but our his light is showing through us when we're helping people. Right. And I enjoy that about you and working with you. It's been such a blessing to me. So thank you. 
Well, likewise, you've been, you're a great asset to my business and I love having you on my team. We have fun. <laughs>